I figured it out They say when I sing I'm the voice of the South Get thanks to the Lord Cause I'm making it out I can't believe I'm living my dream Early morning flights The skies are filled up With these whistling wings Sights that dreams are made of Look at God's creation Thus coming in As we struggle the Lord Kid number two Is a hell of a load Shots going off As they dropping the hood. It's so cold And my car keeps sticking I'm being precise With the notes I'm picking My lead is true So no duck I'm missing Full choke So I'm good at a distance I should retake, I should I should retake, I should retake, I should I should retake. Brush up the blind and wasting no time. And we gotta What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Midwest Hines Hunt Podcast. I'm your host, Braden Tolls, in studio with me, Colton Wallison. What's up, man? Oh, not much. Just watching it rain outside. We do need it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been raining. We. We didn't get rain for about two months last year. Yep. Two months straight, and yep. it's been raining for about a month straight up here. I feel like, dude, I feel like that's all, like, it always goes that way. Oh, it, for sure. It can never be just, like, steady throughout. It's either dry for forever or rain for, yeah, feels like forever. Oh, 100%. It just never, <clears throat> never seems to balance out for us. No, never does. And then come midsummer. We're going to be praying for rain, not yep. getting anything. No, it happens every year. But what have you been up to, dude? It's been, shit, it's been a minute since you've been on. It has. Been busy traveling. This is our kind of trade show season. Yeah. So went to the NWTF, mm-hmm. <laughs> caught, caught the tail end of that, uh-huh. um, got to see what's kind of coming out for the mm-hmm. next year. Then- uh, uh, I'm still shaking my head. This is all lies, guys. He's- Chase and tail. <laughs> yeah, he knows it too. He's fucking lying. I was at NWTF. Um, and then we had a couple trade shows and everything, and then, then sure. ditched ditched out on Braden a couple times. A few. It's I've recorded, I think, three podcasts since that last one. And it's I'm, probably been three weeks. But whatever, the podcast goes on. So what are we talking about? What about turkey? You going out for turkey this year? I'm gonna do it this year. What Good. about what about you? Yeah, so I think we're how invested. Are I'm you? I'm not a <clears throat> I'm not a big turkey hunter, but a lot of my friends are. So mm-hmm. so we do. I'll go probably two or three weekends. We might. We'll probably go if I tag out first weekend here. Then I might go to Nebraska for my sec, um, like second or third weekend. If it happens, it happens. Like like again, I it's one of those I enjoy doing it. But spring is our busy season with work, yeah. and I I take a lot of time off once deer and duck season comes and so i'm and that's the thing too you gotta you gotta balance it you know what i mean like for me all my time is whitetails around here mm-hmm. and then we've been like gradually getting into like the western game and a lot of my time's going there mm-hmm. so pretty much to look at it i got a 10-day stretch yep this year in colorado and then i'll have a nine to ten day stretch for whitetails mm-hmm. And I kind of got a plan, like, in my head. This summer, I cut grass on the side with my dad. I'm going to, like, save some cash. And pretty much my goal is to save a week's worth of pay and take a third week of vacation next year. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just trying to get more time to hunt 
really. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. I'm losing money either way. Like, I'm still not going to get paid by my company. But if I have that money stashed away, like, yeah, it's not that hard to let go. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. I have the cash set aside and got it planned. But no, that's my plan. I want to hunt. I want to kill shit. Yeah. See, I'm like, that. that's exactly how I am. If I can, when I get like a bug to turkey hunt, I, I will. The bug. <clears throat> no bug. See, I don't know. Maybe it's just I haven't hunted anything in a while and that's just kind of wanting to get out there right but i'll go i don't i'm not i'm not good enough i guess just to like walk through the woods and like call one in so i always no shame in it i always roost a bird i roost a bird or i do the reaping which most of my turkeys that i've killed have come just see a tom strutting out in the field yep and go crawl after him it's a way to do it Mm -hmm. really i mean like I said, not investing it. Don't have turkey decoys. You just have some turkey calls for one of back in the guiding days, but got rid of those. Like I'm literally leaving up to them to put me on a bird. Mm-hmm. And his price is a bottle. I got <laughs> I got I got a few nice bottles on the shelves that he wants. So I'm like, you can have your pick at this one, this one, not that one, or <laughs> this one. And let's see if we can make it work. But mm-hmm. other than that, no. I did uh I did make a switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we talked about this a little bit. Did I didn't. Want, I didn't want to talk about it just for the sake of like saving it for the podcast, but we talked a little bit. You're joining the dark side with me. I like it. Yeah. And it's funny. So I literally just bought a new release like last summer, and it was the uh, Spot Hog Wise Guy. I want to say yeah. it had like the Boa That's the retention same one I system. Have. Loved it. And then I looked into this back tension. I got a few buddies that do it. And I'm like, you know what? Went to knockon.com. <laughs> spent 250 bucks on the silverback. It's fun. You just saw, you know, you heard about my 52-yard shot when, you know, on that. And Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> not that, dude. I don't know. I think what it came down to was is just like that release, like the shot break. Mm-hmm. And... Don't get me wrong, like, I've shot a wrist release for years and years and years, and maybe I was punching the trigger, maybe I wasn't, but it just really got me thinking for, like, this elk hunt, like, those further shots, like, I just want the cleanest break possible, and the whole thing, honestly, that got me thinking about shooting one were broadheads, and, like, right now, I got on a four-bladed broadhead, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, it was great for this past deer season, and I, like, gave a lot of praise about it but it got me thinking like how's that gonna fly at 60 i'm like do i need to switch broadheads for this hunt like do i want to find something that i can mm-hmm. run that i know can make a shot at 60 70 yards and then also do the same shot at 20 30 40 yards whatever it is for a white tail around here mm-hmm. so that really is the whole thing that got me thinking about it and sure enough ordered one i think what two or three days later it came in the mail and i've been playing with it ever since yeah do you look at those broadheads? I, <clears throat> we're getting a little off subject, but hey, know. we're good. It's yeah. I literally got written down food plots slash BS session, so Perfect. we're good. We can go off on whatever. Gotcha. What did you did you look at those a little bit? Yeah, and I got a feeling we're gonna go into this. We're talking, guys. We're talking about iron wheel broadheads and phenomenal broadheads. There are re- there's a reason they're that like that expensive. Yeah, it's all in the steel. So I'm big into sharpening my broadheads. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't sharpen expandables, 
but I do sharpen any of my fixed blades. Sure. Iron wheels were the first ones that I didn't notice a noticeable difference. Like out of the factory, I've gotten some like really popular and really great broadheads that are sharp, but they're not that sharp. And so right. iron wheels were the first one that I, out of the box that I noticed that these things were like scalpel sharp. So it's technically considered a two blade, right? Yeah, it's a two blade with bleeders. Do you think they're just going to fly so much better than the four blade I'm shooting now? I think if both arrows are properly, like if your bow's properly tuned, I think, well, I think it'll fly better than that one. Dude, that is a, like, they're not huge blades, but it has a large, because each blade is significant size, I feel like. Even the little bleeder blades are bigger than some blades I've seen on other broadheads. Yeah. So, and I know we have the same uh, arrow setup. A little bit, a little for, bit the for same the most part. For the most part. Here yes. we go. But this is my subject <clears throat> of... Know, run down your arrow for me. Okay, so I One run the um, RIP TKOs. Yep. Um, three, no, three, yeah, 300 spine. Okay. I'm a 28 and a half, 28 and a half inch arrow, mm-hmm. 29 inch draw. And because I got the rest reset back pretty far. Um, I run a hundred grain insert. C minor fifties. Yep. Okay. And why well, I have the fifties and I put a 50 grain weight on it. You can get insert weight. So I put a weight on just cause they didn't have hundred grain inserts. Are your, is 50 standard? No, they go anywhere from 50, 75 is a real popular mm-hmm. hundreds are real popular, but I, I wanted a, I wanted hundreds. Mm-hmm. And the, my my reasoning behind this, so I run, I'm not a super heavy, like I love ranch, the ranch fairy guy, but I am not to his level on heavy arrows. I don't even, I'm honestly not familiar with the guy. I don't even so he shoots shooting. pigs with 1100 grain arrows, 1100 grain arrows going like <laughs> 170, maybe, maybe even slow. I'm, What's the drop on that freaking thing? Quite a bit, but he's blowing through the scapula in the femur of hogs. That's so, saying something. So, so, anyways, I'm not quite to him, but it did get me thinking. And it's the same thing, same premise that I do with a rifle. Sure. Same premise with a rifle. That bull steps out. Bull, your buck of a lifetime. Whatever. Last, whatever. You've been hiking for four days. He gives you one shot, quartering to you. I know that's not an ideal, and some people would say a non-ethical shot. But I want to set up that is going to have... I want two holes in something. Mm-hmm. I, I even elk, you know, we've punched through elk before. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people have and everything like that. So I run the rip rip TKOs, hundred grain insert or fifty grain insert, fifty grain weight. So I basically a hundred grains in my insert. Then I run the one twenty five iron wheels. That's gonna be my elk setup, the single bevel iron wheels. Yep. Um, I'm left helical, so I'm running the left and left right doesn't matter. Just make sure yeah, they're the same. Whatever. So I got the left left bevel um, on the iron wheels. I am gonna try out. So I'm running. I'm right at five because I got the ultra light, the silent night twos veins. Okay. Which are like the ultra light veins. Sure. They're real. They're real stiff, but they're old, they're real tall, real yeah. stiff, but ultra light. I feel like these are. I don't know. Mine are. I can't honestly. They're stiff. Yeah. They're they're good. stiff. They're yeah, low profile. They're low profile. Mine are a little bit taller, but but again, it's just what they had and what what they liked. Sure. And so I went with a couple options, and that's just what they had. Um, 
I'm going to test out some 150 grain broadheads. And the, my reasoning is if you look at, so like a bait, this, it's not as drastic as this, but the baseball wiffle ball concept. Sure. It's going to retain a heavier projectile is going to retain its velocity. It might not be as fast. And there's a great video ranch Ferry puts out on one of the elk shape mm-hmm. um, camps that they did. And a 400 grain arrow came out of the bow the fastest. By far, you'd expect that. Came out of the bow the fastest out of any arrow tested. A 600 grain arrow was like 30 feet per second faster at 60. Because the 400 grain arrow slowed down so much. And that 600 is kind of like a freight train just carrying its um, um, energy. Sure. So I'm at, right now my arrow weight's like 510. And I want to... Is that including veins and veins, knocks? knocks everything? Okay, okay. And that's I, I put that on my powder scale at home. Sure. I want to test out how what the arrow flight is at five fifty, five hundred fifty mm. grain. And I just I don't think and, and again I'm I am shooting a fast bow. I'm shooting I'm shooting a fast bow and so I forgot what what was yours coming out because you you know and like guys listening to this too like if you buy a bow. And the specs say it's shooting, I don't know, 345 feet per second. Well, not necessarily true. No, no, because that is with an IBO spec arrow. Correct. So that is a about the lightest that arrow can handle the lightest arrow that can handle the, the bow at 70 pound draw and 30 inches of draw length. And it's getting clocked as soon as it goes through the tack. You know what yep. I mean? Like that's not taken. I feel like it's not taken into consideration, like the actual flight of the arrow at, say, sixty yards. No, because because again, it, it's going through the machine, and yeah, that's what that's what's going on the tag. And don't get me wrong, like, dude, who's gonna buy the bow if it says two eighty feet per second, or the bow that says three forty yeah. feet per second? Well, which one sounds a little more sweet of a deal? I've found better arrow flight just out of a couple bows, and. Just out of a couple bows, I want to be my with my hunting setup. I want to be in the the two between two eight two eighty five and two ninety five with the hunting setup. Mm-hmm. Two ninety five is on the faster side. Like on whitetails, I've ran you know this year I ran a four blade expandable. Yep, and loved it. Had great work. That was a little faster, but I don't know. I I did my original setup. What are they coming out of your bow at? Your current hunting boat, the PSE, correct? Yeah, and I'm trying to slow them down a little bit. They're coming out. They're coming out at like three eleven. Jesus. Yeah, my bow's a, my bow's a flamethrower. Mine's cooking, and mine's at like three o two or three o three. Yeah, and that's literally bow decked out. That's arrow decked yeah. out. Like that's shot through the machine, and I think it was like right at three o two or three o three. Can't remember. I think. I think you'd still be above 290 if you went to 125. I just feel like even with a 125, you're not going to get that significant significant difference that you're talking about. Like I feel like if I was like 150 up front mm-hmm. versus 100, then I'd probably see a difference. I mean, sure, you're definitely going to get more with the 125, but how much more? And I still think you're going to be shooting faster with the 100. Yeah, and I and I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. And but my I always want to have about the most weight, like you know that everyone talks about the four to four to center of the fox. Sure. And 
What's Fock? Four to center. Okay. Yeah. So that that is forward of center, center on yep. your arrow. So you, how much percentage of the weight's in the front? I gotta ask the questions, man. Yeah. No. No, you're good. I gotta ask the questions for the listeners. Yep. I'm here for you guys. And I, I know there, there's a minimum. A lot of people say 15 percent fock is like like the minimum of what you want because that helps with arrow flight. Right. Because then you get the front driving the arrow, not the right. back, and you get some weird things if, it, mm-hmm. if there's not enough. But it's just like when I go back, because I come more, I guess for the last 10 years, I've been more rifle side sided. Sure. And it's just in ballistics, like a heavier bullet. So out of one of my rifles, I can shoot 235 grains or I can shoot 180s. Well, the 180s out to 400, if I know the shots are going to be 400 and in, I'll use 180s because it doesn't have that, it doesn't have the, the, the drop is negligible on like the drop is almost negligible with the one eighties, the two thirties drop further. And after 400 yards with a rifle shot, everything changes. Like then the wind comes in fact, then the barometric pressure, then every, you got to start calculating and the heavier bullet just drives on through. Where do you feel like that? Like you said, anything over 400, Mm -hmm. what do you think that is with bows? I was getting there 60 yards. That's what I was so if you looked at a lot of people, so if you're saying six, I'm never going to take a shot, which 60 is a long ways. So you know how like the old saying, like practice at 40, practice at 50. So your 20 yard shot is yeah. simple. Like, especially around here, like you and I both have taken a shot on a deer over 50 yards. You said you're what? 53? Mine was 52 this year. So don't get me wrong. Those shots are possible. Yeah. But I would say your average shot is 20 25 yards oh e- e- easy and, and at that point you're n- I, that close you're not gonna recognize a difference no except for in penetration i would say right like the heavy yeah, the heavier, beyond yeah beyond the hit yeah beyond the hit so my whole thing is with speed as long as i'm over 285 it i mean like it doesn't matter to me i, I want to run as much weight in the front as I can. So like, we're going to be elk hunting in September. Right. If that bull only gives me, you know, even a marginal shot, not, Mm -hmm. I would, I'm not going to take an unethical shot, but if I get, you know, Hey, all I'm not talking about breaking like the, the femur. Right. Right. But if I just have to break shoulder, shoulder blade, Mm -hmm. I want to have something I know. Okay. This is going to do it. And unethical shots, right? Well, if you're on day seven, eight, nine of a 10 day hunt, and you got one opportunity, kind of like you said, and that bull is not, is giving you a less than ideal shot. I honestly think it's safe to say 90% of those guys who probably haven't killed an elk, who have been hunting for years out there trying to, they're probably going to take that less than ideal shot. Yeah, and we're talking about like a quartering two or a straight on. We're not talking about... You see the hindquarters and right. popping that, but right, and we're, I know yeah, we're not talking about an ass shot. Yeah, but exactly. We're talking quartering two or you like frontals. You hear a lot of guys taking frontal shots. Like yep. that's a deadly shot. Oh, de- and don't get me wrong, that's a huge argument and a huge hole to go down. But no, I I would agree it is an ethical shot. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like mm-hmm. those quote unquote ethical shots, a lot of guys are going to take them. 
if mm-hmm. it comes down to the wire and they've been hunting for hell, even if it's your first year or your 10th year, like mm-hmm. you're going to take that shot. Well, yeah. And that's where that's, that's exactly what I go off of. And it's the same thing as like the argument of running a, in the rifle world, running a high expansion bullet. Like, I'm not going to say their name, but like, cause they're very accurate bullets, but they, <clears throat> they're very high expansion. Mm-hmm versus the guys that run like me that have run a really tough bullet. So like when I went to Idaho Idaho this past fall um after elk. Congratulations again, by the way. Dude, <laughs> it you. still blows my mind. Thank you. When I knew there was I I knew that spending all that money, even if he gave me a quartering too, I was gonna break that leg bone no matter what and I did. I did it was on the back side yep. coming out, but that bullet shattered that shattered his femur basically as it came out the backside right and after penetrating hide ribs vitals ribs femur than hide and so it's the same way i look at it the same way with bows i want to give myself a big enough shot where big enough chance that if that's the shot i get shoulder blades gonna be nothing you want to make the most of it you'd literally want your arrow set up, bow set up, whatever you want to call it, to be able to perform in the most less desirable situations. Yes. And I can see and I can see the argument there's another argument like the, the side that I understand where I go two eighty five anything over. So I'm running a pretty heavy arrow. Like I, I would be up at Is it is it sorry to cut you, is it fair to say anything over two eighty five is fast? Oh, oh, that's that's really fast. That's fast. I got a I got a buddy that's killed a ton of deer, and he shoots like two fifty feet per second. Like, yeah, a- anything over two ninety, especially three hundred, you're freaking. That's cooking. hard hard to tune too. It is, and it's also one of those things that's like the more you amp that bow, amp that arrow, the more room there is for. Uh, what am I trying to say? More room like very, for error. Yeah, More room error. for error. Yeah. It really is. And it comes down to practicing. Yeah. Well, Shooting. Like a, you know, an eighth of an inch right tear at 280, that's going to be noticeable, but an eighth inch right tear at 305, that's that you're really going to notice that arrow flight. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And it gets, it gets ticky tacky. It really does. It does. And I don't know. It's just the more... Dude, it, it's one of those things, the more you dive into it, the more room for error there is. Oh, 100%. And, well, it's just like, you know, anything. The more you're stretching speed out of it, the more you got to have that bow dialed. Yep. And so... But you're doing it the right way, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not no professional by any means. And mm-hmm. I even get myself in my head, like, thinking about my shot like mm-hmm. my everything just everything i do what am i doing wrong that is potentially throwing an arrow off like you said an eighth of an inch like i i just want it to be perfect you know yeah um <clears throat> the only time i can see and i've heard this from a couple times and it makes sense about having that faster bow for the trajectory mm-hmm. is the guys hunting like the jungle of like like jungle bulls like in oregon right or pacific Super northwest thick. He's super thick, and then, and they can't have that arrow at sixty arc, three foot over the animal because they're gonna be hitting. You know, shit. I would. I don't even. I mean, 
dude, 60 yards in Oregon, even then, that you're is, not seeing you're, you're probably not, dude. Those everything is super close quarters, I feel like, especially in a state yeah. like that. But I don't know, it's all situational, too. At the end of the day, you know, like there's guys who shoot a wrist release, who mm-hmm. shoot an arrow out of the box, who shoot a bow that hasn't nothing done to you know just a typical slide out of the box out at a uh big box store yeah whatever never even thought of it and they're probably killing elk mm-hmm. i think where you just somehow fell into the category of well we want to make it complicated yeah we just want to tinker because <laughs> i i like ring, ringing any performance the most performance i can out of anything mm-hmm. and so that's where I feel like, you know, you can get a little bit of an edge. Right. Stretching out. And even us talking about it, it it's not like a big dick contest. No. Like you're not sitting over the over there saying, Oh, where I'm I'm getting this FOC or my arrow weighs this and I'm sitting here like, Oh, well this mine's faster. This no, it's just that's what you're running, this is what I'm running. We're yeah. just, at the end of the day, we both want something that's gonna kill shit. Really? Yeah, exactly. What would you say is ideal? Um, 15 is great. I, I typically end up at like 18 mm-hmm. and I've been getting really good air flight. 18 is pretty <clears throat> special. Yeah. Yeah. I like 18. I've seen some guys run. So if I got, I'd have to check my math again, but I think I'd be close to like 19 or 20 mm-hmm. with 150 grain head on it. Sure. And I'd it, like to try that. Is there too much? Can there be too much I'm at sure a certain point and at a certain yardage? Is it just going to be too much of an arc or too much of a drop or um, I don't think is there a sweet spot? Yeah. See, and see, that's what I'm trying to find. So I feel like I'm in a pretty good sweet spot. Like I, I feel like I'm on, as I get heavier, I'm in like that sweet spot node right now. Yeah. And I want to see if I go to 150, does it get better or worse? But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I know. But if I can do this, but if I can do the same thing, right. if I can get the same results out of a 25 grain, 25 or 50 grain heavier head, I'd rather run the extra weight. True. I get it. And you know, we're talking about FOC. So like, you know, the more weight you put on the back of the arrow, it's going to bring that down the FOC. And like, that's, I had a one buddy talking to me. He was kind of giving me shit about shooting light and knocks or not. Well, that light did knock weighs more. It's going to add weight on the back. It is, and it's going to bring your FOC down. Like, don't get me wrong. If you like shooting lighted knocks, great. If not, like, truth be told, dude, I do not give two shits if I find my arrow, but I find the bull or I find the whitetail or whatever it is you're shooting. Mm -hmm. Kiss the arrow goodbye. I do not care if I find the animal, you know? What what does make me mad? I don't know why it does. If I lose it, I don't care. Here we go. But when I watch the animal, which I've only ever had one deer stop the arrow. I've I've had pass throughs on every single deer I've killed except for one. I've spined one. Yep, <laughs> I'm not afraid <laughs> to admit it. But hey, and she, it was a doe, and she broke my arrow off halfway, and I was just like, um, for some reason, I was just like, damn it. <laughs> you know, you know, I, it's happened to actually a few buddies of mine. Never happened to me yet. I'm sure it will. But that final, like, death roll, mm-hmm. and that arrow just goes, snap. Yep. It's like, you bitch. Mm. You just had to do it. There went 35 bucks down the drain or whatever, you yeah. know. But I've had pretty good luck. Pretty good luck with animals not, or deer not stopping. Yeah. But I just want to te- te- 
test it. Like you're saying, like it's not broken. It, my arrows are flying great now. Mm-hmm. Everything's doing great. Um, only thing I'm not happy with, I went with a one. I, I went with almost an like a one degree helical, and minor threes. And I like threes or fours. And like sure, it just. I think on fixed blades, it helps. It helps get them spinning a little faster. Well, also feel like that, like the one to two degree. I think when you get into the threes and the fours, mm-hmm. you're gonna notice a difference. I just yeah. don't. And like back to the brighter thing, I don't think you're gonna notice that big of a difference between ones and one twenty fives, ones and one fifties. Yeah, yeah. But have you seen? Have you seen Iron Wheels building machine machine grade cut? I haven't arrows now. Mm-mm. They're doing machine machine precision arrows. They're expensive. They are expensive, but they're not as bad as I thought they would be. How much is a dozen? Three thirty-five. Oh, it's not bad. No, no. I mean, and don't get me wrong. For the guy who is the quote-unquote store-bought arrows, mm-hmm. it's yeah. a money game, dude. I, I shot a, Black Eagles for a while. The really? the Black Eagle X Impacts, the mm-hmm. four mil arrows. Yeah, I liked them. The, those the four mil. That's the really tiny. You know, man. I knew when I was coming up into this whole thing, even when I was still pretty green about it. I knew like one guy who shot them and they were FMJ. I want to say yep. was the the company who had the super Easton's. small. Yeah. Easton's. And I was like, I don't know. I never, ju- I just never got into it. I wouldn't say like strayed from it, but especially like when I switched to the guy who built arrows for me, he's like, you can run this. Cause what is it? You got the ripped TKOs and then the, uh, what's the sk- the smaller diameter, VAPs. The, rip, the VAPs. And he's like, Pretty much, you're going to notice more <clears throat> of an error, room for error with the VAP. And if you break one, the VAP is $5 more than the rip. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, what do you want to shoot? He goes, these are what I recommend. I'm like, well, let's go with the rips. Yeah. That's what I like. Yeah. I haven't had a problem with. And I don't know. Back to the whole, I don't know, full circle of it. I just want of release that is going to allow me the most perfect shot I can make out of the bow. Mm. And I want the arrow that's going to fly the best out of the bow and everything I'm good with hunted up front. It's just the broadhead. Yeah. And dude, I'm like, it's, I'm so early into it now with switching my whole release, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm literally in the garage shooting 20 to 25 arrows a night. And not looking where they hit. I'm literally just getting to full draw. You know, I'm just making sure everything I'm doing, I'm shooting that release the right way. And I've been tinkering with it because for guys who don't know what we're talking about, it's a silver back, back tension, back tension release from knock on. And they come out of the box and I watched a video on it. They come out of the box at like 19 pounds. Okay. So at a 70 pound bow, with 80% let off, you're holding 14 pounds. Mm-hmm. That means that release is set at like 19 pounds. So that's like five pounds, you know. It's pull. a lot of pressure. You got it on. is. Mine's a little different because I've done the math on it and it's 70 pounds with an 85% let off. So I'm holding 10 and a half pounds. And I've been tinkering, you know, with that loosening the set screw and then bringing the release down. And I just pretty much weighed the release a day on when it's going to break and i'm at like 13.8 that's probably pretty good it is and 
the I had to adjust it today because before that I was at like eleven point six, and getting you know like shooting twenty shots a night or whatever towards those last five to eight shots blow through it right i'm let and i was tinkering with that set screw like Mm -hmm. i was literally expecting like when i'm at full draw and i let my thumb off the safety i was expecting the arrow to go and then a few times it would and a few times it didn't and today when i shot it again it was going off as soon as i let off the safety i'm like okay well let's figure something out here and borrowed cooper's uh fishing skill Mm mm-hmm you know, put a string on it and just figured it out that way. And I'm at like, like I said, 13.8 right now. And I like it. Uh, yeah. That's probably about right. It's a little less than what he says. Like he says like <clears throat> four to five pounds, you know, mm-hmm. it's more like three and a half ish, but it feels good. And the more, you know, the more you just get familiar with that back wall, because I feel like with a wrist release, you can pull against that back wall and mm-hmm. you may not even notice it and then there's there's times too where i feel like especially with a wrist where you're at full draw and then you feel like you're holding nothing and then every once in a while the bow just lets down sure and i'm just want to get familiar with my back wall and the more shots i put through it the more comfortable i'm going to get with it oh 100 and i think it's the, the those were like releases are all everybody's got their own i know some you know people shoot if they're running a wrist release they're shooting you know, they're acting like it's a back tension pulling through. Some people actually pull the trigger. Some people pull the trigger with their ring and middle finger. See, and I used to be that guy. I used to shoot with my middle finger. I'd have my little index finger lined up on my jawline pretty much for like my anchor point. Just, and then I'd shoot with this finger. And then I felt like I was getting too much contact. And then I started shooting my index. And this past year I shot with my index and everything was great. But once again, it was a white tail at, 20 some odd yards i want to stretch the distance so to speak and get out to those longer distance shots 60 yards so to speak and i just want to make sure i'm doing everything right nothing that i'm doing i don't want to be punching a trigger and i mean if cameron haynes he still shoots a wrist release and i think he's probably the most badass bow hunter on the planet yeah I, i think you're right and I had his release, and I sold it to my brother to shoot this back <laughs> tension. And I don't know. I'm just having fun with it right now. And I got time, and especially when the weather gets nicer, man, I plan on being dialed with that thing for September and for deer season around here. Sure. But. I get that. Damn. We went 44 minutes on a tangent. No, dude. Why don't, do you want to leave that as its own podcast? Yeah, I am going to do it. It just, dude, it makes it a lot easier for me to edit. Yeah. Man, and, and then let's, we can. Take a break. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, guys, I apologize for going off on this whole tangent, but hey, we will be back with part two, digging into food plots. Colton is the man for this. I plan on using him a few times myself for this uh, upcoming season. Anything you want to say before we jump off? Come back? Nope, I'm ready for it. All right, guys, I appreciate you listening to this week's episode of the Midwest Tines Hunt Podcast. We will catch you on the next one. Raise
in the south I come up from nothing, I figured it out They say when I sing, I'm the voice of the south Get thanks to the Lord, cause I'm making it out I can't believe I'm living my dream Early morning flights, the skies are filled up with these whistling wings Sights that dreams are made of Look at God's creation Those coming in as we struggle to load Kid number two is a hell of a load Shots going off as they dropping off It's so cold and my car keeps sticking I'm being precise with the notes I'm picking My lead is true, so no duck I'm missing Full choke, so I'm good at a distance I should have read